This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, July 9th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's state lines. Ag divided over USMCA timing. EU finds wall of resistance on technology. EPA chief defends shift on climate policy. President Trump looks to start the clock on USMCA. The Trump administration could submit a bill to implement U.S.-Mexico-Canada the agreement any day now, but there is a division in the U.S. ag sector over whether that's a good idea. Many House Democrats, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, still holding out for changes to USMCA, a stance supported by the National Farmers Union. One ag lobbyist warned that while most House Democrats support USMCA, it would be premature to push an implementing bill on them before their issue is addressed. Also, the National Farmers Union threw its support last week behind some of the demands Democrats are making. But the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, a group that's urging Congress not to delay any further on ratifying the pact to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement, sees things differently. American cattle producers need to maintain our unrestricted, duty-free access to markets in Canada and Mexico. And that's exactly what USMCA would guarantee us. That the word of NCBA President Jennifer Houston. She continued jeopardizing that access by having Congress not take action on USMCA is simply not an option for us. In the meantime... Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is trying to keep the pressure on California's congressional delegation to support the trade deal. Perdue argues in an op-ed in the San Francisco Chronicle that dairy farmers and wine producers will be some of the biggest beneficiaries of the new USMCA. USMCA benefits California's entire agriculture industry, the secretary said, by ensuring better market access and advancing science-based rules with our top trading partners. USMCA is a big win. EU broadsided at WTO on pesticide restrictions. The U.S. and about a 100 other countries have all taken aim at the European Union over its tightening restrictions on pesticides and other ag technologies, both for domestic production and residues on imports. The U.S. predicted, quote, severe impacts on countries' abilities to export crops like wheat, grapes, and coffee to European nations. The 79 member countries of the African, Caribbean, and Pacific group predicted their producers will be hit the hardest. China sided with the U.S. and ACP countries and stressed that it had been warning about the EU's restrictive policy for years. EU representatives at the WTO did not back down under the pressure, vowing not to compromise on issues it said threatened the health of Europeans. China's soybean import forecast lowered. USDA has cut its forecast for China's soybean imports for both the 2018-19 and 19-20 marketing years. The spread of African swine fever through the country, together with the fact that China's farmers are planting and harvesting more soybeans than expected, is reducing the country's demand for imports, USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service says in its latest report out of Beijing. China is now forecast to import 84 million metric tons of soybeans in 2018-19. That's a million tons less than the official USDA forecast and about 10 million tons less than China imported in the previous marketing year. 
The FAS office in Beijing is also expecting China to import just 83 million tons for 2019-20. That's 4 million tons less than the official USDA forecast. Pork exports to China grow despite tariffs. Amid the swine fever outbreak, China increased its U.S. pork imports by 33% in May from the same month a year ago. Overall, U.S. pork imports are still down 7% for the first five months of the year to 173,642 metric tons. China is the fifth largest buyer of U.S. pork. Mexico is still number one, although U.S. exports south of the border dropped 26% in May from a year ago. Mexico lifted its 20% retaliatory tariff on May 20. President Trump makes his case on the environment. President Donald Trump and EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler touted the administration's environmental record yesterday, claiming air quality has improved slightly since the president took office. We continue to clean up the air, Wheeler said, citing as an example the reduction in six criteria air pollutants, lead, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, particulate matter, nitrogen dioxide, and ground-level ozone of 74% since 1970. That according to new data to be released next week. From 1970 until Trump took office, those pollutants had declined 73%. So, Wheeler said, the air pollution has continued to decline under President Trump's leadership. Senate Democratic leader Charles Schumer, a New York Democrat, quickly used a floor speech to push back at Trump. Schumer said Trump, quote, has proven himself the staunchest ally of the worst polluters of any president we've had. By the way, no officials from USDA were present for the president's speech, although the department plays a major role in conservation and research and also includes the Forest Service. One conservation group was represented, that Ducks Unlimited. Its CEO, Adam Putnam, Florida's former agriculture commissioner and a member of the House Agriculture Committee during his time in Congress. Wheeler defends a shift on climate message. At a conference call with reporters ahead of President Trump's speech, Wheeler defended the administration's shift in policy on climate change. He said Trump is concerned that the National Climate Assessment is using worst-case scenarios for projecting climate impacts. He said the administration is re-examining the models so the government can take away more of the uncertainties so that people understand better what is going to happen in the next 50 to 100 years. Little improvement in corn crop. Only 57% of the U.S. corn crop is rated good in excellent condition this week, one point better than last week, but down from 75% a year ago. Another 31% of this year's crop is rated fair. Ratings are particularly poor in states that had the biggest planting delay. In other states, 37% of the corn crop in Illinois was good to excellent, just 38% in Indiana, just 34% in Ohio, and only 28% in Missouri. High Court sets arguments in key water case. The Supreme Court will hear arguments in an important groundwater case November 6th. The issue in Hawaii Wildlife Fund versus County of Maui is whether discharges from a county wastewater treatment plant are covered under the Clean Water Act, even though they make their way to the Pacific Ocean through groundwater. 
Numerous ag groups support the county because of the implications of the case for regulation of discharges from farmland. Here's today's He Said It. A lot of the frustration has been the focus or the fixation on that worst-case scenario instead of the medium-case scenarios that were discussed thoroughly in the assessment last fall. That's EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler explaining the Trump administration's concern with the way the government's national climate assessment has been used. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, July 9th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.